Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me and being wonderful listeners on Power Your Life Radio today and wishing all of you the very best. Many of us have had challenges and experiences that sometimes do seem stranger than fiction. And today I have a special guest whose story, her true story, is really something very dramatic and could even be something in a Hollywood movie. And I'm talking about Gabrielle Stone, who is an award-winning actress and director and continues the entertainment legacy of her talented parents, Dee Wallace, with over 200 film credits, including E.T., The Extraterrestrial, and Christopher Stone, Bionic Woman, The New Lassie, Miss Stone, successfully released her first book, making an unprecedented debut at number one in its category on Amazon. Her dramatic life experiences that she recently gone through is offered in her book, Eat, Pray, FML, designed to help others avoid pitfalls within love. The traumatic life experiences really make up a story that that she's the one that can really tell so beautifully. She was married, found out that her husband was cheating, and filed for divorce and fell madly, madly in love with another man, only to find out after about a month and a half that he, he too was not ready to commit, and although they had planned to travel together, he decided to travel alone, which meant that she was devastated, falling in love and and being crushed two times within the short period of her life. And what does a woman do when her life has fallen apart and her heart has been ripped out and stepped on twice in two months? She goes on a wild adventure, that's Gabriel Stone, makes some bad decisions and does a load of soul-searching. Most importantly, she finds out how to love herself, and if you're Gabrielle Stone, you write about it. And that story is, is beautifully written in her book that shares her adventures, traveling, meeting people, learning, truly learning how to love herself foremost and comes away from that trip, from that journey, really in terms of learning and the beautiful exploration of self-love, which many of us 
really don't do so well. Oftentimes we are in a situation where we're so hard on ourselves and we really don't know how to treat ourselves with kindness and with care. And yet the beauty of that is that that in Gabrielle Stone's book, through her own trauma and her own challenges, she teaches us how to do that. How do you do that? How do you learn to love yourself, especially when you find out that other people in your life, like a, a husband who's cheated on you, a, a new love who decides he's not ready to commit, how do you start loving yourself when the important people in your life seem to be moving away? And it's so important that despite other people in your life, despite whatever else is going on in your life, that you have the ability and the wherewithal to love yourself unconditionally. And when you do, you put that out there for other people to really learn how to love you and how to care for you too. And it's so important to be able to do that. It's so important to be able to know that despite Whatever is going on in your life, the trials, the tribulations, the challenges, sometimes the defeats, sometimes even the failures, that you can pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and look at yourself in the mirror, forgive yourself for any challenges that you've gone through, any pitfalls, and without a doubt know that you can love yourself in spite of the flaws, in spite of the imperfections, And truly, that is such a gift that we can give ourselves. It's a beautiful gift that we give ourselves time and time again. And it's a wonderful journey to be able to do that and to emerge really strong and able to be able to see ourselves through the eyes of love. And it's so important when we do that because we're worth it. Even when we've been conditioned by other people in our lives, maybe growing up, maybe teachers, maybe family members, maybe even friends who may have thought less of us and may have devalued us, yet we need to decide right now to unconditionally love ourselves. That doesn't mean that that you don't that you totally overlook the mistakes that you've made or or times when things didn't work, you do look at those. You do examine those so that you don't repeat those mistakes, and that's really important. But at the same time, you do so with a feeling and a blessing of love. And Gabrielle Stone is right here, and she's going to share her wonderful story with you because you don't want to hear me talking the whole time. How are you, Gabrielle Stone? I'm so good. How are you? I'm wonderful. I've been talking about self-love and loving ourselves despite everything, and I introduced you a little bit. So I want you to to share with our listeners a little bit about the story. I I talked a little bit about how after the divorce, after your husband cheated on you, you divorced him and you you fell in love. And found out that 
with this man that you love that he was doubting whether or not to continue to go on this trip that you and he planned. So let's start from there. So what happened? How do how were you able to pick yourself up after that? Actually, well, after both both of these, and be able to move forward and travel totally by yourself. Well, it was kind of a no-brainer to be honest. When I found out that he didn't want to go on the trip with me, I it was forty-eight hours before we were supposed to get on a plane, and. I was like, well, I'm either going to stay at home and be heartbroken or I could go travel Europe for a month by myself. And, um, you know, since I was a little girl and my dad passed away, I have had a big fear of being alone and being by myself. I'd say that was one of my biggest fears growing up throughout my life. And the universe was literally delivering me a clear way to go face that head on. So it wasn't really a question on if I was going to go. I knew in my heart that I had to and I wanted to. Uh, it was terrifying, but but I knew that it was going to be something that pushed me to really heal a lot of, of deep-rooted wounds in my life. You know, and, and it's really very courageous to travel alone. Not many people can do that, and you met so many people along the way. I want well, to talk a little bit about your wonderful book because you said that that's that – Actually, you were afraid, and and in the book you talk about finding your father um, lying on the floor, which is so dramatic for for a young girl. And and what happened? Um, well, my mom was in New Zealand shooting Peter Jackson's The Frighteners, and I had gone with my nanny to New Zealand and spent time there with my mom and then we had come back and so I was back in LA at my house with my dad and my nanny and it was a Saturday morning and I woke up and went in to go wake him up to watch cartoons and he was lying on the bathroom floor and for a six-year-old you know you don't really process what that means I thought he had just fainted so I ran into my nanny and told her and she of course ran into the bathroom and it was it was really first um, experience that I had in my life that started my fear of abandonment and that I carried throughout my entire life and it would show up in ways of me always needing a man in my life to kind of fill that void that losing my father created and um, it was a really huge event that shaped me from such a young age uh, into into the woman that I became and going on this trip really helped me heal a lot of those things and look at my abandonment issues and look at my relationship issues and figure out ways that I can, can heal those and fix those. You know, it's so important to be able to do so. And, and you did that so beautifully and, and so courageously because many people, especially after going through that, that challenge that you had as a, as a six-year-old and, and seeing your father on the floor, would have really continued with that fear of abandonment and, and even being alone. But, but your bravery just shines throughout. So tell us a little bit about that new man that you met that you fell in love. It seemed like both of you fell in love, and, and he was also going through a loss within his own life of losing his brother, Chris. What happened? How did how did that 
romance that seemed to be built so quickly, how did that just, what happened to it? Did it fade? Did it fizzle? Where is it now? I, isn't that everybody's question, <laughs> including <laughs> mine? Um, no, when it, when it happened, um, I had no idea what had happened. My family and friends had no idea what had happened. His mother and family were like, this is impossible. Those feelings don't just fade overnight. Um, everybody was kind of at a loss as to what had happened and nobody could get any clear answers. Um, and I think that's when I went on this trip, you know, obviously we stayed in touch throughout the trip and it was like a continued roller coaster of where is this going to go and where is this going to end up? And that was one thing that I was searching for was some answers about what exactly had happened. Um, Cause yeah, we went from being in this really intense, romance of you know meeting each other's families and talking about the future and making all these plans and you know him telling his friends this is the this is the girl um to I have to go on this trip by myself and we're not going to be together anymore um which was honestly for me a bigger blow than the divorce was the divorce I I see as dodging a really big bullet and I'm really thankful that it happened in the way that it did and he made it so easy for me to walk away. Um, but this heartbreak after was the one that really, you know, shattered my heart and had to, I really had to like go and pick up the pieces after that. You know, what do you want to tell someone probably more so a a female who is faced with that kind of devastation, love devastation? What do you want to tell that person? You know, it's crazy because I've actually gotten a lot of messages from men that have read the book that have been like, oh, my God, I had a Javier in my life. (laughs) I so connected (laughs) to this heartbreak story. Um, So I think it's very universal for people that that deal with, you know, heartbreak or loss or that devastation. But my advice to them is it's always happening for a reason. Um, The relationship, the downfall of it, um, the lessons you learn from that, everything always happens for a reason, and whether or not you can see that while it's happening, once you're on the other side of it all, it's more magical and more beautiful than you could have ever imagined, and you have to just hold on to that, knowing that it's going to end up teaching you and bringing in such amazing things once you're on the other side. You know, that's that's so wonderful to share with people because oftentimes when we go through challenges or devastating experiences, we don't see that there could be a silver lining or something that that can be beautiful that comes out of it. But but you're a case in point where that, that happened and you were able to really find yourself. So how did you do that? How were you able to to get through the heartbreak, to be able to travel, meeting a lot of people, to get the strength to really kind of look within, because that's what you did. It was a journey of self-exploration. What did you do to, to, to find yourself? Um, the biggest thing that I did was commit at the beginning of the trip to meeting myself exactly where I was every day. So there were days where I would go out and explore and have these freeing, liberating, amazing experiences by myself or meet people and go out and, you know, party and have fun. 
Um, but there were also days where I wanted to sit by myself and cry and, you know, write and not be happy and not put on a facade for anyone else. And, you know, I write, I wrote the book on the trip. I started it the first day that I landed in London. And so there were many days where I would sit either in the apartment I was staying at or at a cafe somewhere and just write for hours. And it was really like therapy for me. And it allowed me to really kind of dive into my own thoughts and figure out why I was having certain types of reactions and, um, you know, this whole trip, I knew that I needed to learn how to love myself. People had been telling me that for years, that that's the most important thing. And you have to love yourself before you love other people. And I was sitting there going, okay, I'm ready to do that. Can anyone tell me how? <laughs> and um, so that was one of the other things that I was really searching for when I went on this trip. You know, I'm not sure that people, I think like you, Gabrielle, I think you had to go deep within and be able to to find that within yourself. And and then through the book, you're also teaching other people, too. You talk about the thought onion. I love that. Tell our listeners what that's about and and how you utilize that on your trip and, and also within the book. So the thought onion is a technique that I came up with when I was on my trip that kind of allows you to dig beneath the surface and get to the core root of what's going on within your thoughts and feelings. So you think of it like an onion and the outside layer is the superficial thought. And that's kind of the initial reaction thought that you have when something happens. It's usually very quick and immediate and superficial. (laughs) And once you peel that layer back, there's the authentic thought and that layer is a little bit deeper and kind of like what, the what's causing the reaction to have that first initial thought and why you might be experiencing it in that type of way. And then when you peel that back at the core of it is the subconscious thought. And that's where like the real meat and potatoes and the gold is. And that's when you can really get to what's at the core and why you're having these thoughts, why you're having these reactions. And when you recognize that and identify that, you can then shift that in order to change ways that you, you know, go about having things in the future. You know, I think it's a great technique and, and, and it's very important. Oftentimes writing, like you're talking about the subconscious and the unconscious, when you're writing, that stuff just comes to the surface and flows through and it's wonderful. Sometimes you even surprise yourself. So how do we know when we're being authentic with ourselves? How did, how, is there any way to gauge that? It's a really good question. Um, I think it's about being introspective and really taking time to be by yourself and sit with your thoughts um, and not to overanalyze things, but be able to recognize like, okay, maybe why did I do this this way? Or was I doing this from a place of love or a place of fear? Um, and really kind of just check in with yourself to see where certain reactions and certain choices are stemming from and kind of hold yourself accountable to be able to, to know, you know, am I being authentic? Am I being true to who I really am as an individual and what I want to put out into the world? 
I love it. I think that's that's wonderful. Now you come from, and I, I mentioned this when I was talking a little bit about you beforehand, from a family of entertainers. Your father, your mother. What was it like? Did you feel that you had to go into acting, and and or or I mean, was it just something that that was innate in you? What happened with that? No, I. I always had a re- I had a really normal childhood. My parents did a very good job at making sure that everything was kind of regular at my household, um, except the fact that they were actors and we were on set a lot. Uh, so I kind of grew up on different film sets. But other than that, you know, if one of them booked a job, the other one wouldn't take one, which is very hard to do in this industry. And if someone shot for more than two weeks uh, on location, we all went and and did a visit. And, you know, everybody was always at my ballet recitals and my sports tournaments, and it was very normal. Um, But I definitely always thought I wanted to be an actress, but it wasn't until I did my first film when I think I was 19, uh, where I was like, oh, I never want to do anything else. (laughs) (laughs) And yet you have. You've been a director, and now you're you're a, a beautifully published author. So, is there are there more books in store? Is there a sequel to this one? You, you know, I think I definitely have the material for the second one. Um, you know, all these characters are real people, and we're very gracious in letting me tell my truth and tell this story, but. I would have to make sure that everybody was on board for me doing it a second time, but there's definitely a strong possibility of it. I've gotten a lot of of inquiries about a potential sequel. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. How did you get into directing? Um, I was an actress for many, many years, and it actually was by happenstance that a project I was scheduled to go shoot on as an actress fell through, and I was like, well, I have three weeks of my life booked out, what should I do? And so I wrote a piece and brought uh, someone on to co-direct with me. And that was kind of my first jump behind the camera. And I realized that I had a really strong talent, not only in directing, but producing as well. And um, we took it to festivals and then it did wildly well. I think it won around 12 awards. Festivals. And, um, and I really found a passion for it. And this past October, I directed my second project starring Amy Smart and Gazi that my mom also has a role in. And so that was fun to be able to direct her. And we just premiered that at the Holly Shorts Film Festival. So we're just getting started with its, its festival run. So when you're working with family and and you're the director, how do, how does a how does a mother how do, how does your mother respond to that? You know, she was actually really nervous um, because she didn't want to let me down, and this particular role was different for her. She's usually playing roles with a, a big open heart and um, you know on the sweeter side, or at least some emotional. Um, characteristics and she was playing a really ball busting lawyer with a lot of legal jargon but um, other than that we had a blast I mean we're we're really close and we are very good friends on top of our mother-daughter relationship and I think she was more just excited and proud to see what a a well-run set 
it was and to show up and, you know, be able to work as an actress alongside her daughter, who was also the director. (laughs) (laughs) And I think to be able to do that so beautifully, you know, it says a lot about the two of you and and like you said, also about the the close-knit relationship because, it it worked and it and you're still friends, <laughs> which is important. Yeah, no, absolutely. So tell our listeners. Well, in the book, you talk a lot about being a sleuth, really kind of being able to to figure out what was going on with your your ex husband at your husband at the time, who was having an affair with a very young girl. Um, how did you know? How do how, you know? Everybody says that women have intuitive senses and six, but how did you know? Were, were there clues, or was it just feelings that you that you follow that gave you all those answers to his betrayal? Um, I mean, if people read the book, the first couple of chapters are very detailed in that sense of like how everything kind of unraveled between us and how I ended up finding out everything and getting all the proof that I ended up collecting. Um, but to be honest, what's so scary about the situation is that I I never really thought to question him in our whole relationship. The five years that we were together, I never felt the need to look through his phone. I never, you know, thought that he was capable of doing anything like that, nor would even be thinking about it. Um, I remember I was at an industry event the night before that I found all of the actual physical evidence. And I had said to my friend, you know, I don't think he's done anything physically. I don't really think he has the balls to do that. And lo and behold, I vastly misjudged the size of his balls <laughs> um, because it was so, so deep and so intricate for such a long amount of time um, that, you know, I was clearly vastly mistaken, but um but it, yeah, I do consider myself to have really strong intuition. And once the red flags started appearing, um, they de- it definitely kicked in much, much more. And I was I was able to kind of have my myself guided by that for sure. You know, I think that's important because I think we all have the ability to tap into our intuitive strength we all have that potentiality and you you know that was one way that you were able to do that how do you utilize that now in your life or maybe even in your work and your acting um it's really i use it a lot to decide if something's a good fit for me creatively um if i want to sign on to a project or which um if there's two options of going one way or the other for for some something to do with work I use it in that way as well um so yeah it's it's definitely an important tool to to listen to once you've tapped into it and know that it exists you know I think that that yeah it's important to be able to to tap into that and be and be able to utilize it and and trust it because oftentimes we get signals, we get information, but then we we're we're not sure. Well, is this real or whatever? And we don't follow the guidance. And beautifully, you were able to do that. So you went on this trip and and you did a lot of soul searching. What would you tell both men and women in terms of falling in love and 
especially right after uh, a love disaster or whatever. Do you have any any recommendations to people regarding that? Yeah, um, I would tell them to always keep their heart open. Uh, if there was ever a time in my life where I should have put up walls around my heart, it was after being cheated on and getting a divorce out of nowhere. And um, if I would have done that, I wouldn't have met the man I met after. I wouldn't have fallen in love. I wouldn't have had my heart broken. I wouldn't have gone on this journey of healing and finding myself. And I wouldn't have written this book that's now resonating with so many people. Um, So I'm a big advocate of always keeping your heart open and not putting walls or guards up because regardless of if it leads you to an amazing love or a devastating heartbreak, it's going to teach you and you're going to learn so much about yourself and it's going to be the things that shape you. Um, You know, so I never recommend the whole careful and, you know, be smart and protect yourself. But I, I never say to, to put walls up around your heart. How do you do that, though? How do you keep your heart open when you've been so hurt and really want to hide or really want to just shut down and, and, and close? How do you then, you know, I think it's it's a gift to be able to do that, but how? What Do you have any methodology or something that, that you could share with our listeners to say, you know, despite whatever they're going through, how to do that, how to be able to do that in spite of the heartbreak and the pain? Um, I think it's a mix of things. I think for starters, knowing that everything happens for a reason and trusting in the universe um, and then really doing some work on yourself and getting clear on, you know, the things that you were hurt by and the things that you don't want in, in the future and creating what you want in that sense. Um, and, and learning how to love yourself and really like making sure that you're doing that and taking care of yourself first and foremost, um, because that's when we attract the best type of people. And then as far as, you know, making sure that that's taken care of when you're in an actual relationship, that's just about communication and like being like, look, these are, this is my past. These are my triggers. These are, you know, kind of like my sore spots. And this is what, if you really care about me, I need you to make sure you're taking care of. I think that's wonderful, and I think that that's wise advice for for not only for our listeners, but also for you know for me, for you, you know, to be able to reinforce that within ourselves. So, yeah. how does somebody do soul searching? I've done that a lot of times, but what would you tell somebody who's clueless? Who, how do I really go deeper? How do I know what you know how to tap into that? What would you tell them? I would say book a plane ticket and go travel by yourself. <laughs> um, no, but seriously. Um, well, I would say to start by to start by reading this book um, because you'll be able to pick up a lot of different things through my journey that you can then implement into your own life, one of those being the thought onion and um, what I call the self-love cocktail, which was my big aha moment of being able to learn how to love myself. Um, but it's really about meeting yourself where you are and, you know, kind of doing the the work on yourself, being like, okay, if I'm having these types of reactions and this is a pattern in my life, where can I go back to see how that started? And then how can I heal that part of myself and shift that to start making it change when I move forward? 
You know, I love the idea of the self-love cocktail. So share with our listeners what's that, what what is that all about and when can we get it? <laughs> is it in a drink? <laughs> so the self- yeah, no. So the self-love cocktail is at the very end of the book, but um, it, it's my way of teaching people how to be able to love themselves. And basically what you do is you sit down and you write out a list of things that you can give your soul that makes you happy. Um, so things that you can give yourself that really makes your soul happy. And for me, that was meditating, creating, going to the gym, eating healthy, dancing. And then you commit to giving yourself things on that list every single day. And some days it'll be a stiffer cocktail, like a vodka martini, and you'll only be able to give yourself the gym and meditating. But like at least you did that. And then once you commit to doing that for a while, you can start adding in some more things to make it a fruitier cocktail, um, like a, a fun margarita with like a splash of dancing and shaken over ice with um, a dash of healthy eating. And before you know it, you're giving yourself these things every day and you start to feel better. And it's because you are loving yourself. So when you realize that, Self-love and loving yourself is quite literally giving your soul things that make you happy. It just, like, it clicked for me. You know, everybody always thinks that self-love is looking in the mirror and being like, I love you. It's like that's kind of crazy. Um, when you love someone in a relationship, you you constantly are doing things to make them happy and, and giving things that you know will make their soul happy. So when you're trying to love yourself, it's doing the same thing only for yourself. You know, that's so very important for our listeners to hear that that it's about giving yourself activities, whatever it is, that really, like you said, get to the soul core of who you are to that 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 you enjoy doing. I just when I write and I'm also a writer, when I write I and I can't find words, I get up and dance. And and somehow the words flow through <laughs> I love me. That. And I sit back down and write. It's been—it's just something that I came up with, and um, I, it just works. So I love the idea of this cocktail because it—it's—it's—it sounds simple, but it's really very deep. So what's next for you? You have so many gifts and so so much potentiality. What what's next? Um. You know, right now the book's only been out for two months and it's had such a crazy two months that I've been doing so much, you know, press and interviews around that, which has been amazing. Um, and it's definitely put the thought of a second book in my head. So I'm, I'm mulling all that over and um, I'm still acting. I have a, a project that's, that's in pre-production um, in, or sorry, in development to direct so I'm working on that actively as well and um, just kind of enjoying the, the ride of having the book out right now. Well, I think it's a wonderful book, and I think it's it, it's great to be able to take that time to, to enjoy it, and that's also part of the self-love cocktail, <laughs> enjoying Absolutely. that and, and, and reaping some of the benefits of that. What would you tell our listeners who – are stuck, whether they're stuck in a relationship or stuck in, in their lives in some way, how how can they get unstuck? 
Um, you just have to make the choice. Um, I've had so many people reach out to me after reading this book saying, you know, I was in this relationship and was too afraid to leave or didn't, you know, think I would ever find anything better after that. And after reading this, it gave me the courage to, you know, do something about it. And we always just have to remember that everybody has a choice, no matter what situation we're in, there's always a choice, um, whether it's good or bad. And it's just about deciding what you want to do. We're always in control of our lives and we're always able to redirect things that we're not happy with. And life is really, really too short or too long, depending on how you look at it, to be in a situation that doesn't fulfill you and doesn't make you happy. You know, I think that's so important. I think we we do have that choice, and it is important to be able to be in situations and relationships, including the one with yourself, that makes you happy. Where is that relationship with that man that um, you were continuing to converse with that sort of broke your heart? Um, we're we're friends. We you know went through a lot together and. I was the catalyst of him realizing a lot of healing that he needed to do. He was obviously obviously the catalyst of me going on this journey by myself and writing this book. Um, So we're, you know, we were very respectful and appreciative of both of, you know, each other coming into each other's lives and being able to be that person. Um, So we're friends and we're, we're able to, you know, have a, a healthy friendship after all the the craziness ensued (laughs) (laughs) after the yeah so what was his response I'm sure he's read the book what was his response um you know I don't know if he's read it in its entirety I know you know obviously he knew about it he knew I was writing it on the trip and he knew about it long after that um he and his family actually signed a release letting me um include a lot of the things I did in the book which I was very thankful for because I don't know if I could have put it out, you know, in in a good conscience um, without that. So I'm really thankful to have the support in that way. Um, so I, I know that it was a big learning lesson for he and I, and, and I know that he's proud of me as an individual for being able to write about it and get it out to help so many other people heal. And, you know, it's wonderful when you do hear people's feedback and it is helping other people heal and and also be able to know how to create the self-love cocktail and peel, you know, peel the layers and really get to to the soul of who they are and, and connect with themselves. So kudos to you for being able to do that for yourself and also sharing it and touching other people's lives in such a way that, that it's helping them heal. I think that's a wonderful journey that we're able to do that. So I think that's great that that's you, and what a blessing you are. Thank you. Yeah, it's been extremely fulfilling to get all the feedback from people and the messages from people and how it's been resonating so deeply and um, really helping shift things in people's lives. It's been really amazing knowing that my story has been being able to be a gift to other people now. So oftentimes people are very afraid to be alone and be by themselves. And what would you tell someone who who is really 
hesitant about being by themselves, even, I mean, to take a journey like you did, that's amazing in and of itself. But what what do you offer them in terms of that? How do they get past that? Um, I mean, it's definitely some work that you have to do within yourself on your own. But I think what I learned through all of it was that you're never really alone, um, especially when you are committed to showing up for yourself. And once you realize that and that clicks, a whole other safety net opens up for you that really becomes powerful in your life. You know, that's beautiful that, that once you be able to do that, like you said, you really you're not alone because you're you really have the company of yourself, of your soul, of that, that inner source that that's beautiful. So we're yeah. really running out of time. What would you like to leave our listeners with before we go? Um, you know, if people pick up the book, it's available exclusively on Amazon in paperback and ebook. And I would love for your to hear anybody's thoughts and reviews on it. So if you message me or tag me in a post on Instagram, I will share it. And I love hearing what people think. So on Instagram, I'm at Gabrielle Stone, and the book is at Eat, Pray, FML on Facebook as well. Um, and I just really hope people enjoy it and can can learn from my ups and downs and and get a lot out of it. Well, I think it's a wonderful book, and I am so appreciative that you were able to share that with so many people and getting the response that that you have and also being a catalyst in other people's healing and and courage. I think that's, like I said, that, that you're a blessing for doing that. So thank you so much for all that you do, and I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you, too, and I'm so happy to have been on with you, so thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks again. Take care. So think about what Gabrielle Stone said in her book, Eat, Pray, FML. It really is a beautifully insightful book. It will actually give you so much information and help you heal some of those demons that are within yourself and take charge. And we call this show Power Your Life so that... You have the ability, and read that book, you'll find out how. You have the ability to empower yourself, even if it's just doing so with little steps and moving forward and meeting one challenge at a time. That's fine as long as you're doing that. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to my website, docwhite.org, find out more about upcoming shows, blogs and other information that can help you and remember you are very special honor yourself and love yourself because you're worth it thanks for joining us you've been listening to the power your life radio show with host and author dr joanne white listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.